Hello and welcome to Eremus Soccer and our journey through the uh, 2023 Women's World Cup. And we are still with England. Just um, life and death, scrap, battle, grind, penalty shootout, call it what you will, against Nigeria. Has us uh, set up here for a uh, quarterfinal against Colombia. Um, lucky to still be alive, right, Sean? Yeah, it was a close game. Close game. Colombia, good team. And not afraid to play a little bit in the dark arts, I would, I think, would be the polite way to, to say it. Yeah. Uh, so definitely a tough, tough game for England. Yeah, they were. And they were outstanding. You know, I mean, defensively, yes. Um, but I'd, I actually will give Coach Randy Waldrum credit for this. We live in a time where I believe people talk about defensive systems and attacking systems as two separate things and you have to pick one or the other. Um, mm -hmm. But his defensive system was fantastic. The defensive performance were fantastic, but they also had 20 shots on goal. And at half time with Mary Earps facing nine, that was the most she would she had ever faced in a uh, team coached by Serena Wigman. So it's uh, you know yes they did great shutting down England, uh, but they caused England no end of problems as well. And I think uh, part of me is very very glad Oshiwala came off the bench and didn't play the full hundred and twenty minutes. Yeah, yeah. Well, we got we managed to get through that one, and then we had another. Equally difficult game with Colombia. Difficult? Um, difficult for different reasons, right? Like, you know, you call it dark arts, I call it defending. It's the same thing. Whereas Colombia, the problems they gave England were very much more uh, aesthetic, much more pleasing to the eye. They were very good on the ball. They had England chasing for periods. And they've got some players here that are that are real entertainers, right? Yeah, they they have, and I think one thing that was frustrating for me watching it was they knew how to break up the game. You know, there was so many times players were on the floor injured, and it would have to it would have to disrupt the way the flow that England kind of wanted to play. And I think they knew what they were doing with that. And then you mix that with you know, the quality that they've got all over the fields. And it's, you know, it, it becomes very problematic for England. Yeah. So a little recap on how we got here. Uh, England open up with a uh, scrape and a 1-0 win over Haiti. Looked vulnerable on the counter. Um, another 1-0 win over Denmark. More questions about England's defensive ability. And then a shift of formation that we've carried through the tournament afterwards, uh, where we go 3-5-2. Murder China, um, masterclass by Lauren James, 6-1 win. Um, but then we go into the round of 16 and we uh kind of get shut down, right? Kind of get kind of mm -hmm. get down to a halt a little bit. Nil yeah. nil, James invisible, sent off. Now she's suspended for this game and any potential semi-final. Um so England are kind of surviving in three of the four games. Maybe there's an argument for that. Maybe that's harsh. Uh, Colombia, different story. They open up 2-0 um, win v South Korea. Usme and uh, Linda Caicedo, the teenager from Real Madrid, who will uh, you know, be the focus of this World Cup going forward. She's just a, a wonderful player. She's had a lot of praise. Um, 
she really, you know, burst onto the scene, if you will, when they beat Germany uh, 2-1 in a massive upset in their second group game. Caicedo opening the scoring before Vanegas netted a 97th minute winner. And then they um, they lost the final group game to Morocco, but it's worth, worth saying that they were already qualified. And uh, the win by Morocco actually eliminated Germany in what was a bit of a shock. They could only uh, tie 1-1 with South Korea. Colombia come out and they uh, beat Jamaica, who have eliminated Brazil. Tournament of upsets, right? Um, mm-hmm. 1-0 to set up this quarterfinal with England. Uh, well-balanced game. Uh, the lineup for England, we have uh, the 3-5-2. Carter, Bright, Greenwood, very impressive. Back three in front of Earps. Uh, Stan William Walsh behind Ella Toon, who's coming for the now suspended Lauren James. Uh, the becoming familiar wing back pairing of Daly and Bronze and uh, Russo and Hemp. And I feel like this has worked. You know, the first two games, it's easy to forget narratives, right? Because we're so caught up in recency effect. But the first two games, it was Russo up front. And the uh, the argument was Russo ideally is the target nine. Now, that that hasn't been brought up for a while. Daly and Bronze are doing very well at wing back. And Russo and Hemp are doing a good job of uh, playing as a strike pair. One goes out into the channels, the other stays central. They link up together well. Um, it's really been an effective switch. And what I am impressed with is usually when you switch to 3-5-2 from a back four, there is some vulnerability in the channels on the counter. At least that's been my experience of it. Um, not really. You know, Daly and Bronze are athletic enough to get up and down the field and defend in a back five when it's needed. And uh, this back three of Carter, Greenwood, Bright, they're all big. You know, Greenwood and Carter on the flanks of the three, they can move. Um, there's, It seems that England have added something up front without losing anything at the back with this uh, formation shift. What do you think, Sean? Yeah, I I think the same. And I think, um, I think other teams have played into it a little bit because you said like the biggest weakness with a back three is obviously the the flanks down the side of the the wide centre backs, especially if the centre backs the wide centre backs can get if they get dragged into that wider area then there become spaces in the middle, uh, but no no team has really really looked to exploit that with um, with England uh, up until you know, recently, which is which has been kind of perfect for, for England. And and you're right, to seamlessly change from a back four to a, a back three in 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 a World Cup is 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 kind of credit to the England team and and obviously to the work that Serena's done. I mean it is because you know what's probably underthought about is They've probably, between the Denmark 1-0 win and the China 6-1 win, where they've had um, they've switched the formation so successfully and blew up for six goals, you, you take the rest day after the game, you take the day before a game where it's always somewhat physically lighter, right? Um, yeah. Players usually involved. What are we talking about? Two, two training sessions to implement this? Three? Yeah, and, and I think... And you'll know this yourself. Like if you're if you're a coach, like this has to be not necessarily implemented in terms of um, you know having already played this. I think 
the coach must have implemented the attitude towards being able to pivot tactically and formations and making sure players are open and comfortable to shift from a four to a three or whatever it is. And and I think that's I think that's the biggest thing that she must have done. Um, you know, even going back to the to the Euros, because nobody seems to have complained. There doesn't seem to be any anything coming out in the press over and people have been asked questions about positions and, and nobody's everybody's just said that they're happy as long as they're playing and mm. they'll do the best for the team, which again, you know, can be very, very um, rare to see. That, that's out. right. That's a great point because any resistance to learning, playing a new role, you know, that can get that can burn up weeks, and you don't have that kind of time at tournament yeah. when you're, uh, you know, you're you're making shifts and practicing principles, and you're dealing in, yeah, I would say days, but it's really hours. You know, if you're training for ninety minutes a day, and you've got another hour of a video room, which I don't think is a mile off when the games are coming thick and fast. Yeah, you've got about five or six hours to get these lessons across. Yeah. Um. So the game starts, and for me, the uh, the cool thing about World Cups, I've I've thought this ever since I was a kid, you know, but there's just very unique identities to some teams, things you don't see in England. You know, you like you think back to you know Italian ninety Brazil with the yellow and the blue, and they just you're watching something different. And uh, this Colombia is just a bit of a different footprint to England. I'm not saying they're better. I would argue the results so is they're not better. But they're very quick. They're very technically gifted. They're very graceful. The ball's popping around at speed. You know, in the third minute, they have a throw-in. And the fullback, Carolina Arias, goes up there. And she's just got this beaming smile on her face, which, you know, Lucy Bronze is a great player, but you don't see kind of that demeanor in a game. This, this team just gives the vibe of enjoying themselves, fun, positive energy, and... uh that could be difficult in this spot if they get you chasing the ball, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I, I, I do think you're right. There is a, there's definitely, um, I don't know what the word would be, but like Europeanness about soccer, you know, with 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 certain teams, and I think it, it goes to that positional play. You know, the, we've spoke about it before that like Guardiola influence that's like spread now. Yeah. across across Europe. So you see in, in in South America, that's not necessarily like the case. That hasn't really translated over the certainly in the in the women's game. So you've got this like fresh take on on the game and, and you've got players that are you know playing a little bit more uh, a little bit more freedom, shall we say. Yeah. Um I'll be honest with you, this England team um when I watch them, I think strong, organized, resilient, ruthless rather than magical going forward. They remind me of the very, very successful German men's teams. They, yeah. they really do. Um, so another thing we learn in the first five minutes is a couple of extended England possessions. And this is a loud, raucous, and very, very Colombian crowd, or at least pro Columbia crowd, England stroking the ball around the back to pretty audible boos. Um, a lot of noise. And uh, this sounds like a like an away game for England, which at tournaments, men or women, it's pretty rare that you see this, right? Usually England travel pretty well, but they are yeah. 
they're outmanned in the stand, outwomaned, if you will, in the stands yeah. here pretty significantly. Yeah, I, I'd agree with that. I think there's been some great um, fans from nationalities, like the Jamaican. The Jamaican fans were amazing. Uh, South South Africa fans were amazing as well, um, and and definitely Colombia. Colombia. Uh, I guess Colombia I guess one good. thing worth you know mention is it could be partly Colombian and partly an Australian. Anyone but England brigade. You never, you never quite know what you're dealing with. Um, but we get one possession that ends in a cross from bronze. It results in a scramble that looks pretty promising, but the offside flank goes up, renders it me, uh, renders it meaningless. Um, in the melee, there's a collision of consequence for Colombia. The right back Arias, who we've just mentioned, she has 106 caps. She's collided with her own goalkeeper uh, as a hemp shot gets blocked. Uh, then Russo drills the rebound off her temple. So we've got a potential knee injury from from a uh, collision with a keeper. We've got a potential concussion from a very, very well-hit well shot by Russo that's drilled her in the side of the head um, as she's on the ground. Uh, this is a tough spot, and this is a big loss early. She does end up coming out. It looks like the knee is the reason for coming out. And to have a 106-cap uh, player in your back four, and have her uh, limp off in what is probably the sixth minute. That's a tough one. Um, it's a teenager that comes on, an 18-year-old Anna Guzman. Uh, she did start the game against Jamaica and assisted the winner. But to again, to replace a veteran that decorated with a teenager in the first 10 minutes of a World Cup quarterfinal, uh, that, that is not um, plan A. Uh, there's another defender down a couple of minutes later, long diagonal ball. Lucy Bronze gets up, she heads back across goal, and uh, the centre-back of the cursed last name, Aria, she runs into Bronze's elbow. I, I don't think it's a foul by Bronze, but it's a pretty tough collision. She's down, um, but does get up again, uh, just as the sub for the other defenders going. So there, there must have been a moment there where the Colombian coach is pondering having to sub two of the back four in the opening ten minutes, which would have uh, absolutely been brutal for them. Uh, but Arias, the centre-back, survives. The right-back is out. Uh, Hemp, she's in wide soon after. This has happened a lot since the switch to the front two. She crosses. Um, Russo gets a header in. It's right at the goalkeeper, Perez. Um, we're only 10 minutes in, and there is already visibly more room, more joy, and more success for the England front two, uh, chasing balls into the channels than, I believe, the entire 120-minute Nigeria game. Uh, what do you think of that? Yeah, and, and again, it goes back to what I was saying um, with how with how they're playing, how the Colombians play. You know, they take risks going forward, and that ultimately leaves spaces going back. But you know, going back over the over the decades with South American teams, they all certainly used to play like that. You know, you see Chile the Everybody goes forward. There'll be spaces everywhere. And you've just got 90 minutes of just sat there with popcorn and just enjoying the show. So, yeah, you're 100% right. They've, um, you know, they just kind of trust trust the individuals in 1v1s a little bit more than most teams. And certainly, you know, first line of a... Defenses attack with with Colombia. They just want to yeah. 
I, think, I think it's a double whammy for England because those fullbacks get higher, they're less disciplined positionally. And they're also, frankly, not as good 1v1 as the Nigerian girls. Um, yes. Yeah. It's just more, um, they're, they're brighter on the ball. They're more entertaining. It's a big contrast. It's about as big a contrast as you get from one game for the next. Mm-hmm. Uh, it makes it more interesting. I believe it makes Colombia less likely to upset England than Nigeria were. Um, 13th minute, we get the first sighting of the uh, Copper America Player of the Year, the 18-year-old Linda Caicedo. Uh, she drives forward, plays a 1-2, long switch of play. Uzme, she hits a shot. It's it's long range. It's very ambitious. It actually get, ends up getting headed away by Greenwood rather than saved. Um, but you can see when Caicedo gets the ball, everyone in the crowd is aware what a threat she is. The noise levels go up. Um, she's She's got a bit of magic about her. Um, it's about one minute later. She's on the ball. She's driving again. Um, she cuts inside. Jess Carter falls over. Uh, the shot is absolutely miles off target. But you can just tell by the reaction of the crowd that... Uh, you know, Caicedo is a, is a special, unique player. There's not many players, men or women, who can get a crowd up like this every time they touch the ball, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. She and and just unpredictable. I think you know that's the that's the danger, isn't it, as a defender? Yeah. Um, twentieth minute, the uh, the sub right back Guzman. She announces herself in unique fashion. It is a heavy, heavy collision on Lauren Hemp. It's given us not a foul. Um, I'm not one to cry about refs. In fact, I'm usually, if you know, England are crying, I'm usually saying, yeah, not really. Like the daily penalty um, uh, that, that was reviewed for VAR in the last game. But uh, this is the wrong call. I mean, if this was legal, defending would be very, very easy, right? She misses yeah. the ball, dips the shoulder, smashes hemp over. Um, again, you'd be doing this 10, 15, 20 times a game if you were a defender, if this was allowed. Yeah, and I think I think the referee realizes the mistake she's made later on because she so, starts to change the way she's making decisions after it. Yeah, um, interesting. Might see that, but we'll discuss that when we get there. Um, Caicedo, who you know, I'm going to use the word mercurial. She oh, scoops nice. the ball over the top. It's a very unique pass to Santos. Uh, she sends a Clark cross in. It gets. Uh, cleared by, I thought, the very impressive Greenwood at the back for England. Um, I'm going to give her man of the match for the the, the second game in a row here. Um, 23rd minute, Guzman, again, this time she smashes into Daly. It, it's no call again. This is weird, man. Um, it's the same player. It's the same foul. Both of them, for me, are arguably a yellow in isolation. Neither of them uh, get a whistle. A minute later, we get a free kick England on Guzman, and this one's not a foul to me. So maybe this is what you're talking about, where the referee... Yeah, that's exactly what I'm talking about. Because um, it's all over the shop. And I think, you know, I, I've never refed real soccer, but I've refed some indoor league, and I can speak to the dynamic that when you um, you don't give something and you're doubting yourself, you're like, was it? Was it? Then you're definitely giving it the next time. And I think this was a... A classic case of that, right? Because for me, the first two were nailed on blatant fouls, probably yellows. Yeah. Um, and then this one wasn't a foul, uh, but it's a free kick this time. Uh, England corner. Uh, Bronze sends in a uh, cross. It gets blocked by Venegas. England do that love train corner that the men made <laughs> at the 2018 World Cup. 
Uh, the ref has to step in and deal with all the pushing and shoving um, and fighting that's going on while the England players are trying to line up stacked on top of one each other. Uh, the corner ends up falling to Stanway. Um, her shot is so bad that it actually ends up being a good cross to Daly, and uh, she heads it right at the goalkeeper, Perez. Um, it's a tough corner to defend, right? You know, they got a lot of attention. The men scored a lot of goals from it, but when you got four goals there, back-to-back, and they're going to go out in separate directions. It's easy to get lost in the crowd. It's easy to get picked. It's uh, it's tough to defend. Yeah. I, I was actually thinking of how you would defend that. And I think, do, do you not just do a, what would you call it, like a, a horizontal line of equal defenders? Well, maybe. Um, I think what Colombia have tried to do here is they've tried to literally step in and just move England players and stand between them. Yeah. <laughs> and England have not talked well to it, and then it's led to a stoppage in the game. I mean, that's the best way, right? If you can break up the train and have one for one. Because even what you're saying, a horizontal line that you see uh, your girl and she goes left or right and you go with her, you you still got the potential to be a step behind there, right? Yeah. I, I honestly don't think there's like a, a perfect way to defend it. If it's done well. Yeah. Um, I'd encourage my team to do what Colombia do here. Just get yourself in there. You are, you know that that that's your ground as much as it is hers. Um, get in there, get your hands on them, let the ref settle it. You know, physically separate them, interject yourself. There's no rule that says they have to be allowed to stack on top of one of each other, right? No, I think you've got more faith than I have in finding four defenders that will do that. Efficient, yeah. <laughs> effectively <laughs> <laughs> fair enough um, <laughs> England starting to settle into the game as it goes on um, and you can hear it because every time there's a long possession we get the boos from the crowd um, Stanway and Bronze are involved in one particularly long possession it ends with Daly being found she cuts in, smashes the shot over the bar but it's it's starting to look like England looking the part right now uh, Hemp spins Garcia and rolls the ball into the 18. There's a half clearance that falls to Walsh. Um, she sends a shot to the moon. Um, and whereas Nigeria were very much like the 1990s Detroit Pistons um, mm-hmm. in terms of defensive ability, um, AC Milan for the soccer purists among us, yeah. um, England just have more space on the ball. There is more passages of play in midfield where Colombians are closing the ball down, but leaving England two or three yards and not really getting in their face and ruffling feathers. And it 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 seems like a matter of time before England get a hold on this game because the possessions seem to be consistently long, moving the ball around the field, making them chase. And yeah, it's nil-nil, but you get the feeling watching this that England are in control. Do you feel the same way? Yeah, and you start to see uh, Ramirez getting sort of more and more isolated. Yeah, you know she's just up there on her own, and the the Columbia team, like you said, are you know the England have got possession, Colombia trying to win it back, but even if they do, you know Ramirez is a little bit too isolated. Yeah, and she's a good player, isn't she? She's strong. She can. She's she's got very. Much similarities with Russo, I believe, the England forward. Yeah. Bit presence, takes it on a chest, holds the ball up, can spin defenders, uh, can hold it onto her if she's alone and give, you know, teammates time to run up. I think there's there's big similarities between the two. I do think uh 
in this game, Russo receives significantly more support uh, than Ramirez does, even though Ramirez has a tremendous winger on the outside there in Caicedo. Um, 33rd minute, uh, Columbia attack. Um, you got Ramirez muscling Greenwood off the ball, which is no joke. Um, but you've got very strong defensive shape from England. It's almost a shell that goes into a back five. And you've got two or three very strong centre mids. Um, it forces the ball wide. Uh, Caicedo gets on the ball, crosses. It's headed clear by Greenwood, who's recovered now. Um, the game's starting to get a little bit more physical. Uh, there's a foul by Santos that gives England a free kick, which gets pumped into the box and cleared. Um, to prevent the counter-attack, Stanway absolutely wipes out Caicedo. Um, another one that probably should be a card and isn't. Uh, when a player that good gets fouled that hard, it always seems somewhat deliberate and targeted to me, almost like mm -hmm. it's on the scout. Like if she's in space and she's countering, you know, you're better off fouling a 70, 80 yards from goal and seeing what happens. Uh, but we've got away with it. There's probably three players now that could have been a yellow card. Uh -huh, that we've uh, both teams have got away with. Uh, the substitute, Guzman, who's been heavily involved, sends in a cross. Caicedo on the end of it, shot blocked. And then 44th minute, for me, somewhat against the run of play, we have a goal. Colombia take the lead. And it's a very good goal. England sink into that shell, which, like I said, it can be a back five when Daly and Bronze get back. And they do in this game with the Colombian winners. And then those... Uh, three midfielders in front, they can all defend, so there's, there's no space. Um, Caicedo's on the ball, she doesn't find any space, but she rolls the ball wide to the number 10, Santos, who's 1v1 with Daly. Um, she's in a crossing position, she takes a touch, opens it up, and uh, sends in a chip that beats her, Erps in the five cor corner. Uh, I think it's deliberate. Twitter, some suggestions of uh, a mishit cross, but for me, she's squared up with Daly, there's nobody to cross to. There's six or seven England defenders. I think she's took the option of creating space against Daly and chipping up far post, and it's a great goal. Um, what are you seeing? Yeah, so, you know, sometimes as, like, a striker or somebody in them positions, you are shooting, but you also know that it's a difficult thing to do. You know, so you're trying to do it, but also knowing that it's also in a very dangerous area. So, yeah. like, it's not a cross. It's definitely, I for me, it's an attempt on goal. Um, but I think that's also running through the mind. You know, just put it, put it in there, have a go, and then worst case, it's going to be in the six yard box. Yeah. Um, I mentioned this in the last one, didn't I, about the goalkeeper? Like, I just think left hand. So after our podcast last time, when I watched this, you'd planted the seed in my head and I see exactly what you're saying. And and again, not to get too far ahead of us, there was an, another issue today, wasn't there, with the, the Australian game. Um, <clears throat> so I think there's a couple of like bad habits that, that she has. So I think um, you're right. I also think it's worth mentioning... She has come up big with save several times in this mm. tournament. No, I think I think she's been the best England goalkeeper the women's team has had, hands down. I think she's solid. I just think there's like a couple of bad habits, and the left hand and right hand is is one of them because you go with your left hand, she gets that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and 
as as Ed Sheeran would say, our bad habits lead to one nil Colombia. That's not quite the lyrics, but close. Um, amazing statistic from the announcers: thirty six games under Serena Wiegman. This is only the fourth time England have went behind in a game, and they've only lost once. Wow, that's impressive. That's what you get with um, what is it? Three years, like world coach of the year. Yeah, yeah, impressive stuff. And I think it's worth. People are already rewriting history with, "Oh, well, it's England. England are good." England had never won a tournament uh, when she took over, and England would never won a tournament knockout round game in two thousand fifteen. So I think that's uh, a little bit disingenuous to water down what is a. Uh, a golden period in the women's game in England that she's writing as we as we watch. Yeah, exactly. And you know, there's players missing. She's had to deal with, you know, having a weaker team throughout yeah. this tournament. So yeah, I think I think it's and just know. for anyone listening, England win the Euros. Captain Leah Williamson, you know, pretty widely acknowledged as the best defender and the best passer out the back, injured out of the World Cup. Uh, Beth Mead, runner-up in the Ballon d'Or, injured, out the World Cup. Fran Kirby, starting number 10, injured, out the World Cup. Stutter in the first two World Cup games, blow up because of Lauren James against China, suspended, out of this game. So the ability to uh, to interchange the pieces on the team is, is, is outstanding. She's even changed formation. Um, yeah, and some effectiveness. And what's interesting is uh, the narrative going into this tournament was, well, in the Euros, she started the same 11 every game. Remember that? Mm -hmm. Like, she hasn't changed. Well, we've had five different 11s and and two different formations. So even that uh, criticism didn't stick. Um, Phenomenal job by Wigman. England respond very well. Long spells of possession. That familiar soundtrack of booze. Walsh and Stanway doing a really good job finding pockets and moving the ball around one touch this kind of like if you imagine a square between the uh colombian center back full back center mid and winger uh walsh and stanway are kind of going to sit in the middle of that square so it's unclear who's marking who and just moving the ball along one touch to the front three it's uh it's pretty effective uh we've got a bronze cross that finds russo um ball ricochets off russo looks to me like what should be an easy save uh by the goalkeeper perez she fumbles it Russo taps it just in behind her. And then uh, Lauren Hemp is there to prod home an equaliser right on the stroke of half time. A little bit fortunate, that goal, goalkeeping error, we think. Yeah, yeah, massive goal, goalkeeping error. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't know. It's more of an error than Earps, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I, again, like I said, don't get me wrong, Earps has been phenomenal. I just think there's. Um, you know, you can have bad habits as as a goalkeeper, and they can be difficult to to eradicate. And uh, and I think I think she's she's certainly got like a couple of bad habits. But other than that, solid goalkeeper. Um, this this was a big big mistake. Yeah. Um, Half time thoughts for me. Colombia much more of a threat uh, than Nigeria coming forward, but uh, much more vulnerable. Um, England are getting room in the channels. England are finding space with two of the midfield three getting high. 
Hemp and Russo both getting on the ball pretty unhindered. Uh, there doesn't seem the physical intensity from Colombia. I know it's 1-1. I know England went behind. Um, as an England fan, I'm not. I'm pretty confident of winning this game at halftime without rewriting history. Um, what are your thoughts if you're, you know, at the coach of either team at halftime? Any particular changes or shifts you would make? Yeah, I think I think you're right with the way Colombia are playing. I think, you know, it's similar to if you go and, if you went to paintball, and you know, just one team just decides to just forget about staying undercover and they just run at you, but when they're running at you, they're also very agile. Yeah, <laughs> you know, and they can jump and they can dodge, so you still have to deal with it. But at the same time, you should deal with it. Yeah, you know, and and I, and I feel like that's that's sort of the dynamic going on here. Like England, overall, are the better team. They've it's got control of the game for the majority. Magnificent. Sorry? This is magnificent analysis, brother. <laughs> Continue. <laughs> but. You know, you've just got these, you know, Calcedo we just mentioned, and then you've got, um, what do you call the, the the girl up top? What's her name again? Rodriguez? Um, Ramirez. Ramirez. Um, who are very, very dangerous quality players. And then, you know, when England are attacking, you've got, you've got Guzman, who's this young, you know, hasn't really like, cut her teeth at this level yeah and then you know she's she's almost got that like Wayne Rooney attitude at Everton the bulldog yeah yeah so it's it, it becomes fireworks which what, so, what I'm, sorry what I'm, what I'm seeing here is you got Ramirez Santos and Caicedo who are very very concerning when Colombia have the ball but when England have the ball I don't see a dominant defensive force on this Colombian team Anyway, no. I saw yeah. like six or seven on the Nigerian team. Yeah, and and you know this is this is the thing where you know as a as a coach and as a team and as players you have to you have to take it. You know, going back to the paintball in, analogy, like if a team's going to be aggressive with you like this, you still need to step up and you need to go and grab that flag, so to speak. Yeah, and also you wonder if the Colombian coach thinks what we're thinking here that. All his personnel is attacking. His strengths are not defending. How do you maximize your strengths? You get at people's throats. Possibly that that's the plan all along. So yeah, and it, taking off Germany. Yeah, and I, I was just about to say I mentioned I mentioned this in one of the previous ones. Um, so again, I've watched the majority of the games in this World Cup, and I would say a large portion of the tactics have been massive, massive mistakes where, you know, I've, I've, I've used New Zealand. It's probably the easiest one. Uh, would have been too negative. They've sat back. And if you're playing against a team like Colombia, who are just going for the jugular, you, you know, you find yourself one goal down, two goals down before you start to actually try and play with any sort of positivity. And I, and I think that's what Colombia have done and, and noticed. And, you know, leading up to the World Cup, that also might have been the case where a lot of teams are doing this, like, bizarre sort of 4 by one negative tactic. Um, and then 
you know, we'll we'll talk about Australia at a later date, but their first game was the same. They they sat back, defended, and just relied on on free kicks. Um, but it's only throughout the tournament they've started to come out of the shell a little bit and and you know been a little bit more positive. And you know, I think that's been the case with Colombia. I think that's why they've got, had the success they've had. Yeah, yeah. Um, they start the second half quickly, unsurprisingly, given what you've just said. Uh, Santos plays in Ramirez, shot smashed wide. Um, England back to back corners. The first one, Millie Bright header gets deflected behind. Uh, the second one gets cleared to Walsh for the second game in the game. She blasts the shot. Um, it's miles off target. Um, another corner in the 52nd minute, so England much more of a uh, a blunt force object going forward here in the second half, as opposed to the more technically aesthetic work of Colombia. It finds Daly at the back post. Uh, the head is straight at the goalkeeper, Perez. Um, 58th minute is probably the best England player of the second half to date. Leading nice combination of Walsh, Hemp, Russo, it wins a free kick. Uh, there's a little rehearsed set player with Hemp over the ball. Greenwood fakes it, Hemp plays it in, cross comes to nothing. Uh, England's starting to look like they got the ascendancy again, and then we take the lead on the uh, 65th minute. Um, beautiful goal. Uh, Greenwood, she chips a pass to Stanway in centre mid. Uh, Stanway opens up, faces forward on the first touch. She plays in Russo, who gets one touch out of her feet. And as the defender Caraballi sprints over full speed to cover, um, she fires it past the goalkeeper present the first corner in the far corner. Absolutely lovely goal. Um, and the thing about England is not only are they built with tremendous physical strength, tremendous defensive ability, they have this uh this lightning strike ability to score, right? They can go from end to end. You know, one minute Greenwood's on the ball, she lifts a ball over the Colombian front four, Stanway's facing forward. We're in goal. I mean, that that kind of is the kind of attack and prowess that haunts you, right? Because you, if a team can go end-to-end -end on you and score like that, you never, ever feel in control of the game. Even when you've got the ball, I believe it's a very haunting thing to play against. Yeah. Yeah, and most teams most teams have like one or one thing or another. They, they very rarely have, you know, the ability to, to do that. You know, you see the best like counter-attacking teams, the setup like that, but they're never they're never able to really keep in control of the ball and to have them like clever players to like unlock tight defenders um or defenses. But you know, England do have like great variety in yeah. in their attacks and, and it, it it must be it must be a nightmare for for a lot of teams because like I said, they they have like one thing or another, but they never have like the full package. Yeah. Um, and uh, that's the tenth goal of the tournament for England. Even for all the talk of offensive stalling, it gets worse for Colombia because the keeper Perez, she's received what looks like an eye injury. She's subbed off immediately after the goal, and she's replaced by the twenty what twenty year old backup, Natalia Geraldo. So. Now we've got the starting goalkeeper off replaced by a 20-year-old. We've got a 106-cap right-back replaced earlier by an 18-year-old who's played very well, by the way, but you talk about sink or swim. 
Uh, these two are thrown into the fire here. A World Cup quarterfinal against England. I guess the upside is the experience of a live World Cup quarterfinal. Um, it'll help their careers. It'll develop them as the players. But this uh, this is not plan A if you're the Columbia coach, right? Yeah, and I believe she's. I, I need to double check this, and maybe you can check this. But I believe she's five foot five. Also, wow, I didn't. I, I mean, I didn't notice that, but yeah. Another thing that isn't planning, but uh, they're still alive. <laughs> um, Uzmer tees up Bedoya, who drives a shot from the edge of the area. It, uh, it tests her. She tips it over the bar. Uh, Santos whips the corner in. Carter heads it away. Um, the ball falls to Bedoya again. Um, hits a rising drive over the bar. Um, but they're still fighting. 74th minute now. Hemp squares up Carabali. Uh, she beats her with a little stop-start move. Hemp's very good in the channels, very dangerous with the, you know, in every game except Nigeria. She's had a lot of 1v1 joy. Um, the cross gets plucked out of the air with kind of a basket catch by uh, the replacement goalkeeper. And Colombia is, is starting to creak a little bit here. I don't know if it's the subs or just England finding the gear, but Greenwood, she chips another good pass. She's sort of lifting these passes in that float in, but the... The midfielders are in such space that they're still receiving and not under pressure. Stanway, Stanway finds Russo. She knocks it down to Hemp. Um, ball goes into the penalty area, gets cleared out wide. Um, it's picked up by Lucy Bronze, who is charging forward like a stallion. Um, hmm. Wins the corner. In England is starting to click here. The front two are starting to combine. They're starting to play off each other. Stanway, I think, is becoming pretty dominant at this point in the second half. you got Greenwood picking passes out you can see she plays for Manchester City there's it's very impressive to watch and when it when England have their tails up like this they they look very very impressive I wouldn't say it's been a uniform level throughout the tournament but there are flashes where they just look magnificent and uh it's kind of a wave of the game we're living in right now Geraldo punches the corner away um Colombia counter through Caicedo she's she's just electric any team with her in it is never going to be out of a game um, similar to the Demone goal for Haiti. Um, there is a she doesn't win the ball, but there is a fantastic effort from Ella Toon to recover and stall Caicedo. She never quite catches her, but she is always there to the point that the Caicedo can't slow down because she's breathing down her neck. And then when the ball goes away and comes back, Toon's there to rush the decision. Um, so the play ends in a switch pass to Santos and an eventual overhit cross out of play. But without Toon's effort, I feel like Caicedo is more penetrative there. Um, I thought it was a great play without ever actually making the tackle a great model for young players if coaches want to play part of a game about the effort levels needed at the top end of the game. Um, well done, Ella Toon, on that one. Uh, Colombia make a change in midfield. Ospina comes off. I don't know about you for me, but for me, she was largely unnoticed, right? Not trying to be critical. Mm -hmm. Just Yeah. Didn't jump off the field. Uh, Chacon comes on. Um, and that's the third window, thanks to the two earlier injuries. So that's that's their last sub. Um, we have a big chance when Santos dispossesses Walsh, plays in Ramirez. She tries to cut inside. She's dispossessed by Greenwood. But that that's a, a mental lapse and a turnover from England that could have had the game leveled. Um then you've got Caicedo again. She kind of juggles the ball past Millie Bright to light the crowd up. Um, Walsh recovers to crowd her out. And England uh, England are doing a great job of crowding Caicedo. 1v1, she's never losing. 
but the the English defence is in numbers. It's one of the centre-backs and a wing-back. It's a centre-back and a centre-mid. It always seems to be numbers up. There always seems to be players descending on her. So even when she looks good, she's never quite open and in control. Does that make sense? I don't know if I'm using the right words here. Yeah, and and just to build on that, again, we you know we spoke about the attitude of like tactical flexibility. I think, and again, I've seen it in in every in every game with England. The the attitude seems to be you know to work for one another regardless of your position. If you're the striker and you need to run back, you're running back. If you're the wing back, that's just run down the attacking side and you have to get back the get back. It's just like the work ethic. And I think this is this is ultimately what has got them over the line time yeah. to time. Yeah. And it's a it's a valuable trait this deep in a tournament, right? Um yeah. because you get games like this. We're going into the last 10 minutes. It's a one goal game. They're holding on to a lead. You've got an opponent with uh more than enough firepower to make this game entertaining. You need that backbone. And you need that steel. Um, you know, that the sub Chacon, she feeds Caicedo, she overlaps, gets the pass back. She's heading into penalty area, kind of in the right channel, just outside the post. Millie Bright blocks the shot. The ball comes back to Chacon. She has a second shot blocked by the recovering Greenwood. Um, they win a corner. It's cleared away. This England defence is just iron. You know, like there is a... This team has a backbone, not a wishbone, when it comes to getting results, right? Yeah, and I, and I, I see the, they've got that like Italian like love of defending, yeah. Which which you know again is just a rare sign in in players nowadays. You don't you don't see it as often where players are just happy to defend that goal at all costs. Mm-hmm. But you, you know, you've seen it certainly with like Bright, you mentioned Greenwood, um, and Carter, who who's gone in there. They're like not not necessarily the most like flashy players, but they're, they're just willing to to just kick it out of play. If yeah. need. They're just willing to do that sort of, you know, that grunt work. Yeah. And you know, the other end as well, you want to talk about firepower off the bench. We've got uh, Chloe Big Game Kelly, a um, <laughs> nickname given to her by me and possibly shared by nobody. But she's about to make her entrance. She came off the bench to score v China earlier in the tournament. She came off the bench to score the winner in the Euro final. She came off the bench to play well with England, the player down in the Nigeria game and net the winning penalty. And here she comes again. Chloe Big Game Kelly, ladies and gentlemen. Um, Colombia, uh, the defender, Arias, she goes down. Uh, they're out of subs. Um, so the crowd's chanting, going wild. The coach is waving his arms to get the crowd going while his players down injured. Just just majestic scenes right now. Just absolute carnage. Very entertaining situation. Um, we have the Colombian attacking centre mid. Santos, she's played into the penalty area down the left. Shot blocked by Millie Bright again. Um, second ball in cleared by Kira Walsh, who's done a fantastic defensive recovery job. Um, the defender, Arias, is back on. So Colombia have 11 players, but she's very clearly limping. And to me, very clearly would have been sent off, uh, subbed off if they weren't out of subs. 
Um, we've got another Colombian winger and Millie Bright, who seems to be 10 foot tall in these final stages, heads away. Um, Bright's the captain. She's just coming up absolutely massive here for England, along with uh, Greenwood. Just a great pair of defenders. Um, as the clock hits 90, Chacon hits a shot. It spirals off a defender into the arms of Earps. And we have got eight minutes of uh, added time. Chacon, who has been very effective off the bench, uh, she rolls Carter. She finds Caicedo. Um, Toon recovers to win the ball. It's yet another example of an England player behind the ball, recovering, getting back, winning it. Phenomenal performance from the England midfield. Um, and it, one thing worth mentioning in terms of personnel, all three of these England centre-mids make defensive players time and time again. You know, there is no six who can defend and eight who can defend a little bit and ten who can't defend. All three of these girls can roll their sleeves up, get back, force turnovers, hurry opponents. It's a really impressive thing, and I think it's an absolute key trait that's won them this game. Um, you've got, you know, you've got Shikona here. You've got Oshawala the last game, and you've got England. They've had some absolute offensive weapons emerge from the bench to try and break them down in the final stages of games, right? And they have stood strong, even with 10 men in the last game. Uh, 93rd minute, um, it's my favourite sub in sports. Hemp is off. Sean, tell the people who is coming on and tell them who she's coming on for. England. For England. Love it. Um, <laughs> Columbia, Columbia go to a back three. Uh, Vanegas advances up the field. Uh, she uses her body to win the ball. Um, touch past the defender, fires a shot. It's over the bar. We've got two minutes left now. Uh, Ramirez, she spins, drills a shot wide with Walsh pressing yet again. The work ethic of these England centre mids is insane in the final stages of this game. Uh, Colombia come once more. Caicedo, she squares up daily, finds some room, shoots over. We get a cross, clear by Carter, and England managed to drain out the clock in the Colombia half. What a game. What a win. Uh, have they been dominant? I wouldn't use the word dominant. Um, they've scored two goals. They've showed attacking threat without Lauren James. The defensive ability has been phenomenal. Um, they've played a player in Caicedo, probably as exciting as any attacker in the tournament. And now we move on to a semi-final of Australia in Australia. Um, you got to feel a lot better after this than the Nigeria game about England's chances here. Yeah. Um, just before I go on to that, because you were just talking about the work ethic for the, the defenders and the midfielders, um, one one thing that's really interesting about this is, and I haven't seen all the stats for the players that make it to the 98th minute, but a lot of the, the players that have come off are in and around like 10, 11, 12K kilometres covered in the game. Now, you know, if, you, if you're running a 10K just straight out of the gate, if, you, if you're going to go onto the street now and run a 10K, you know, you're looking in and around. I'm like, not, but I know what you're saying. Yeah, well, a, like a 5K, you know, can take you like around 30 minutes. A 10K easily, like a fast 10K is, you know, around 45 minutes. For most people, you know, you're looking like close to that like hour mark. Now, these players are 
are doing a lot of other things as well as doing that, doing a 10K plus in in the 90 minutes. Um, and again, I don't know about you, but if you're at the end of like a run, it becomes very, very difficult to concentrate. It becomes very, very difficult to be motivated to finish that thing. So the, the fact that they're making these sprints is is like, you know, amazing mentality. But also, it's an interesting point. Like Beckham was one of the first players to run 11, 11 kilometers in a game. And that was obviously that was around like the early two thousands. Now in in the men's game in the Premier League, the referees are now having to run like ten k, and the men's is now you know getting up to like fifteen fifteen kilometers. Um, so the the difference there between the men's game and the win, women's game, obviously there's a little bit of difference between that, but. We're now looking uh, at a World Cup in 2023 that the average player is running more than than what the certainly the early Premier League was, and then going into the 2000s with the, you know the the World Cup 2002 World Cup. So it'd be interesting to actually look a bit more into the stats of this one when it's all done and dusted. Yeah. Done I see what you're saying, and statistically, I've got nothing uh, of substance. But one thing that stood out is like the the Elatoon recovery on Caicedo, the Walsh recovery into the box. These are like 30, 40, 50 yard sprints. You know, these aren't what I would call typical length sprints in a game. They are massively extended sprints to make plays that if they didn't make these plays, nobody would say they did anything wrong. They were yeah. that impressive. Yeah, and, and I think, you know, we'll probably do a whole podcast on this, but it just shows with them them stats of, like, the England national team running way over 10 kilometres in the 90 minutes just shows the progress that the, the game has had in, in certainly in England and with the FA and making it professional compared to, to where it was like a decade ago is is absolutely massive. And I think this is what we're seeing now with the US national team where you know they they were doing that before anybody else, but now teams are catching up. The fitness is there, the mentality is there, and and now the, the quality on the ball is 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 obviously there as well. So it's good. It's good to see, and I'm I'm looking forward to seeing where this is gonna, where this is gonna go. Yeah, and there's a there's a mental challenge now, right? Because you know one of the greatest England teams of my life in 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 any sport was Clive Woodward and his rugby team, mm-hmm. uh, and the fact that they won the World Cup final is one thing. The fact that they beat Australia in Australia, in front of a crowd full of Australians, is, is very much another thing. And that's that's what England have set up now. So that's an interesting thing to watch, right? Yeah. No, it's it, it, it it's fascinating this for for like a number of a number of reasons, um, all of which I, I must admit I wasn't expecting. Yeah, I think uh, a lot of this World Cup was went in the way that a lot of people wouldn't expect. I mean, think of how. Uh, how they how Colombia get this far? They put Germany out, uh, the two time winners, um, and they run into Jamaica, who get there because they put was it Brazil out? Like, I mean, 
insane. Oh, it's good though, and it's it's amazing. It's amazing for the sport. It's amazing for women's sport. So yeah, you and, you and I are a month deep without saying it's coming home. So like the shocks just the shocks just keep piling up, right? <laughs> Certainly is, and uh, like I said, I think they're, they're well worth it though. It, you know, we we spoke about, and and I think this is a good lesson just in life in general. You know. You're not going to go through things always being having things your way. You're going to come up against challenges and you have to persevere, find a solution and get over the line somehow. And I, and I think that's what England have done. A lost art in sports where in an era where what something looks like is getting more and more important as opposed to the end result, right? hundred percent, hundred percent. Yeah. All right. Thank you all for listening. Looking forward to covering the semi-final, England v. Australia in Australia. Sean, always a pleasure. Yeah. Thank you.